Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Beyond Thought Philosophy Podcast. My name is Joseph Theodore, and I thank you so very much for tuning in today. So today we're going to be talking about intuition, the the psychology and philosophy behind intuition. What exactly is it? Maybe how it's misunderstood. And depending on your background or your, you know, like your experience with the word intuition or how other people have used the word intuition around you, you know, I feel like a lot of us kind of have a different way of looking at it. Not to get too nitpicky about, you know, what exactly it means. But, you know, we all have different uh, experiences with different words, for example, you know, as silly as that may sound. You know, there's words that I've never used and uttered before. You know, I've never used certain words in my life. And then I hear it and I'm like, oh, oh, that's what that means. Oh, now that I know it, maybe I'll use it more. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, intuition is like one of those funny words because, you know, if you've grown up kind of in a very spiritual setting or, you know, around mystical people, you know, psychic people, you know, in that world of new agey stuff, maybe. Intuition may have a totally different meaning to someone who is an atheist. Because to the mystical, religious, and spiritual person, intuition is this innate, psychic, divine part of us, almost like a higher self, as they like to say, which has access to all knowledge at all times, the multidimensional mind can feed our monkey mind insight. Knowledge, perhaps, that we didn't know before, like completely new knowledge that has just arised in our mind, and oh my God, it seems so true to me. So to spiritual people and people into that stuff, intuition has a completely different meaning to them. You know, and I personally feel we're all intuitive, you know, and I feel like we all have different levels of intuition, you know, in my uh, spiritual explorations in life. And I mean, I for sure have had like telepathic moments with people. I think we've all had moments of telepathy or just strange coincidence where you kind of felt like something was going to happen and it did, even though there's many rational reasons for that as well but to the mystical spiritual person intuition can have more of a divine influence to it of course and a more multi-dimensional you know kind of purpose to whatever this phenomena is Psychics and channelers, you know, um, if you believe in that kind of stuff, if you believe people are capable of doing that, then intuition is the tool that allows those, you know, channels 
within a person to be activated for them to know things, you know, whether that's about a person or events or, you know, whatever it is, you know, that's intuition to them. And then the average person or the rational person, you know, taking spirituality out of it or whatever the case may be is, um, purely a evolutionary psychological phenomena within the human condition. Similar to instinct, gut feelings. And I'm going to, I have a lot of things I want to read to you guys today. And we'll get into some of this. But to the rational person, it's like your instincts. We all have instincts as humans. We have pattern recognition. You know, there's so much, like when I philosophically and psych- psychologically dove into this topic specifically, like I was, you know, this is um, quite a fascinating, you know, there's, there's a very humanist way of going about intuition that's not mystical and magical, but something very practical and something very mysterious still as well, puzzling. You know, why do we have these instincts and these intuitions and, you know, these even telepathic moments, knowing things before they happen or knowing what to do before something happens? There's this focus that allows an inner sensing to really take place within our experience. So, you know, we'll talk today about, you know, just some things I've written down as far as exactly what intuition means, you know, take, talking about it from a psychological perspective, a philosophical perspective, and um, yeah, let's, let's just start. Let's just see where this goes, and uh, yeah, I hope you guys are all doing well. You know, I really do hope... All of my listeners are doing well out there. Thank you to all of my supporters who, you know, are taking kindly to the switch of me strictly doing podcast episodes now. So I really appreciate you. And I do have to say that if you would like early access and bonus episodes, please subscribe to our Patreon. That will be an amazing way to grow you know, the support so we can keep ourselves sustaining over here. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Patreon's going to be definitely an, an amazing way to support the channel. <clears throat> All right, so let's see. Intuition is the ability... I'm reading now, by the way. Intuition is the ability to acquire knowledge without recourse to conscious reasoning or needing an explanation. Different fields use the word intuition in very different ways, including, but not limited to, direct access to unconscious knowledge, unconscious cognition, gut feelings, inner sensing, inner insight to unconscious pattern recognition, and the ability to understand something instinctively without any need for conscious reasoning. Intuitive knowledge tends to be approximate.
So the use of intuition is definitely used to respond to a gut feeling or trusting your gut. So in the most secular sense, intuition is as basic as that. Your gut feeling, trust your gut. But what exactly is this? Like, why do we have this intuitive phenomena within our experience? Now, all the evolutionary people out there, would, this is just a survival adaptation tool. As most things are from a very humanist perspective. Because <clears throat> literally everything in our life Everything as a human being that we experience, that we, you know, deal with on a daily basis is all based upon our survival history. Now, I'm not. I'm not sure how spiritual I'm going to get in this talk today, this episode, because um, I really want to paint a broad brush for everybody. But, you know, the mystical people out there would say yes, because I know a lot of mystical people and psychic people or people who claim to be that. Um, You know, there's a mystical element to drawing this knowledge within you. And they would argue that it's, yes, it's still part of the human condition, but as a human being, we are divine. So there's like, you know, when you put a blanket of like, well, the, everything involved in human behavior and human nature in and of itself is divine. So yeah, that's why we're all psychic. That's why we all have these intuitive yes, yes, and yeses. So Now in psychology, Freud had some things to say. So according to Freud, knowledge could only be attained through the intellectual manipulation of carefully made observations. He rejected any other means of acquiring knowledge such as intuition. His findings could have been an analytic, an analytic turn of his mind towards the subject. So yeah, if you are only going to take a rational, humanistic, intellectual view of intuition, the only way to have an intuition is to have prior knowledge of something. And then when the moment arises when you can intuit something maybe in relation to something in your experience, it's because you've already had prior knowledge on the subject or prior knowledge, you know, in a field of study that it's sort of just like a continuum, a building block of accumulating more knowledge for yourself. Or if you are, you know, in, if you're communicating or you're dealing within a group or another person, like if you know someone else well enough, and if maybe you're sensitive enough to feel, and, and that, that's a whole other conversation talking about empathy and, you know, people who maybe are more empathetic can have more intuitive, you know, inclinations and understanding people and things and, you know, so 
that's actually a very true thing that that Freud, you know, believed in. For sure. And you know, this is just sort of making me think about people who are inventors or people who break through you know, a new field and they have a new idea about something or they know how to build something new. And it's like, yes, there's prior knowledge that needed to be understood in order for the creative aspect of our minds to flourish and then be able to have a groundbreaking new way of doing something. So is it, and again, the mystical people would say, well, you know, the revelation of something divine wanted our evolution to take place. And this is why that person intuitively understood this knowledge and this that and the other <clears throat> but the truth is honestly is that we only have our histories and our reference of personal experience subjective experience and truly intuition kind of starts there it really does start there and then again the phenomena of the imagination and all this other stuff that's these again all different conversations that can tie into the power of intuition and all that stuff. Now let's see what Carl Jung had to say. In Carl Jung's theory of the ego, described in 1916, intuition is an irrational function opposed most directly by sensation and opposed less strongly by the rational functions of thinking and feeling. Jung defined intuition as perception via the unconscious, using sense perception only as a starting point to bring forth ideas, images, possibilities, or ways out of a blocked situation by a process that is mostly unconscious. So what is the unconscious? You know, we can sit here and talk for hours probably on that too. But there's a realm of the phenomena of mind that is the unconscious. Things, things that cre have created our persona and self that are hidden away, so to speak, for whatever reason. Um, if, again, if you're like mystical or spiritual and want to contemplate anything about past lives or, you know, anything about, again, I don't even want to get into past lives or anything, but people do when they talk about intuition and, and unconscious things. Um, but based upon what he said, you know, it's, it's a, there's things based upon our experience. And again, maybe you've gone through trauma. And trauma can lead to people being hypersensitive and being hypervigilant, which means that they can walk around seeing things that maybe someone who's not traumatized can see, and they can intuit danger maybe more quickly than someone else. So there's so much that goes into this, especially when you bring the unconscious involved, you know, into the picture. Now, let me continue. Jung said that a person in whom intuition is dominant, an intuitive type, acts not on the basis of rational judgment, but on sheer intensity of perception. An extroverted intuitive type, 
the natural companion of all minorities with a future, orients to new and promising but unproven possibilities, often leaving to chase after a new possibility before old ventures have borne fruit, oblivious to his or her own welfare in the constant pursuit of change. An introverted intuitive type orients by images from the unconscious, ever exploring the psychic world of the archetypes, seeking to perceive the meaning of events, but often often having no interest in playing a role in these events and not seeing any connection between the contents of the psychic world and him or herself. Young thought that extroverted, intuitive types were likely entrepreneurs, speculators, cultural revolutionaries, often undone by a desire to escape every situation before it becomes settled and constraining, even repeatedly leaving lovers for the sake of new romantic possibilities. His introverted intuitive types were likely mystics, prophets, or cranks, struggling with a tension between protecting their visions from influence by others and making their ideas comprehensible and reasonably persuasive to others. Interesting stuff. So this idea of the extroverted intuitive and the introverted intuitive is very interesting. Because the extroverted, it seems, wants to of course, do things in the world and has this constant pursuit of change and evolution, kind of for like the greater ideal in a way, like someone who is just really good at seeing things on a more macro scale and very being very instinctual in progressing that, where intuitives of the introverted nature is where Again, and I feel like we both have these within our human experience. We both have in, in extroverted intuitions and we both have introverted intuitions. And a lot of us have our introverted intuitions based upon, again, the roles we play or the roles of other people that we're dealing with and being able to see deep within that. You know, this is why some of us can see other people's unconscious before we even understand our own unconscious. And then the introverted uh, intuitives, you know, this is where they kind of can feel that they have this hidden ability to know things. And this can cause problems, but it could also cause a lot of very, very amazing internal um, egoic and psychological breakthroughs that can really help a person, you know, especially if you're going through psychotherapy, if you're trying to better your life in any way, you, you got to get intuitive with yourself. You know, you have to really examine yourself and, and, um, try to dig deep and then eventually kind of be authentic and real and, and, and see where you are in life. And your intuition and your instincts can play a big role in that. Because sometimes life really just 
you know, kind of covers all that up and blinds us. And then our intuition and gut feelings just become completely clouded. Our instincts become completely clouded. Now, I have a few, I have a few things here on modern psychology we can talk about real quick. Uh, let's see. This is where instinct will kind of come in a little bit. In modern psychology, intuition can encompass the ability to know valid solutions to problems and making of decisions. For example, the recognition primed decision model explains how people can make relatively fast decisions without having to compare options. Gary Klein found that under time pressure, high stakes, changing parameters, experts used their base of experience to identify similar situations and intuitively choose feasible solutions. The recognition primed decision model is a blend of intuition and analysis. The intuition is the pattern matching process that quickly suggests feasible courses of action. The analysis is the mental stimulation or simulation, sorry, a conscious and deliberate review of the courses of action. So this is where, again, intuition comes before analysis, in my opinion. Like when I feel like I've had intuitive gut feeling moments, usually you get the feeling and the knowing. And again, this phenomena of knowing, a completely other conversation, this what is knowing? Like what does it mean to know? But there's this hit. It's like an intuitive hit. I call them hits. Like we get these intuitive hits or pings. And yes, based upon prior understandings and pattern recognitions, as I just said with this, but sometimes it's just things come out of nowhere. But then, then the analysis, our mind, based upon our prior knowledge of what, you know, of what we understand our personal reality to be and the collective reality based upon our knowledge of that, this is what, you know, this is sort of what this is trying to say in a way. That intuition is the pattern matching process where the analysis is the stimulation and the conscious in which we put our prior understandings of things to use. Instinct is often misinterpreted as intuition. Its reliability is dependent on past knowledge and occurrences in this specific area. For example, someone who has had more experience with children will tend to have a better instinct about what they should do in certain situations around them, or with them, sorry. This is not to say that one without a great amount of experience is always going to have an accurate intuition. So this is saying in modern psychology that instinct is not necessarily intuition. It's misinterpreted as intuition. I think it could be a little bit of both. I think they can be one and the same personally. But there is a difference in my opinion. That's why what I said just before about the recognition prime decision model, that's why that's important to understand because there is... There is an innate knowing that takes place sometimes. And yes, you could have had prior experience with things, 
that makes you really, really keen and sharp. But to me, that's more still of an analysis, the mental simulation of a conscious, deliberate review of courses in action. So to me, intuition, yes, is it could be a both of like prior knowledge giving you the kind of, you know, kind of you like the, uh, the advantage before the analysis, because you've already had experience in certain things. So maybe your intuition, you know, will get hit with a certain bit of information first before your mind analyzes that and sees what it could do with it. So instinct is dependent solely on past knowledge. So even in modern psychology, from what I'm gathering from this, you know, is intuition still is something a little bit more unique, potentially. Continuing on, intuitive abilities were quantitatively tested at Yale University in the 70s. While studying nonverbal communication, researchers, no researchers noted that some subjects were able to read nonverbal facial cues before reinforcement occurred. They noted that the highly intuitive subjects made decisions quickly but could not identify their rationale. Their level of accuracy, however, did not differ from that of non-intuitive subjects. According to the works of Daniel Kahneman, intuition is the ability to automatically generate solutions without long, logical arguments or evidence. He mentions two different systems that we use when making decisions and judgments. The first is in charge of automatic and unconscious thoughts, the second in charge of more intentional thoughts. The first system is an intu of, the first system is an example of intuition, and Kahneman believes people overestimate this system, using it as a source of confidence for knowledge they may not truly possess. These systems are connected with two versions of ourselves he calls the remembering self and the experiencing self. Relating to the creation of memories in system one, its automatic nature occasionally leads to people to experience cognitive illusions, assumptions that our intuition gives us and are usually trusted without a second thought. So that's an interesting insight. Now, another gentleman, Gerd Gigernezer, described intuition as processes and thoughts that are devoid of typical logic. He described two primary characteristics to intuition, basic rule of thumb and evolved capacities of the brain. The two work in tandem to give people thoughts and abilities that they do not actively think about as they are performed and of which they cannot explain their formation or effectiveness. 
He does not believe that intuitions actively correlate knowledge. He believes that having too much information makes individuals overthink, and that some intuitions will actively defy known information. And to conclude some of my notes here, intuition is also seen as a figurative launchpad for logical thinking. Intuition's automatic nature tends to precede more thoughtful logic. Even when based on moral and subjective standpoints, intuition provides a base, one that people will usually start to back up with logical thinking as a defense or justification rather than starting with a less biased viewpoint. The confidence in whether it is an intuition or not comes from how quickly they happen because they are instantaneous feelings or judgments that we have surprising confidence in. Now, as someone who's an artist, I can tell you that there is, there is something that defies logic and analysis when it comes to creating art. And I think all creatives have these moments. We call them happy accidents sometimes. And again, we can dive into psychologies and philosophies on creativity and the imagination and flow states and, you know, and taking that from rational psychological viewpoints and spiritual and mystical viewpoints and just crazy phenomena viewpoints. But the artist, the creative, is an amazing kind of archetype or truth to discuss when we're discussing intuition because there is there is this mysterious thing that takes place when you create you know even if you plan out a figurative painting or you plan out how you want to go about something or even if you have all the music theory in the world There's still something that takes place eventually as you are in the process of writing music or just jamming out, you know, if you're a musician, like you can know what the song is, but who's to say when you get inspired to play that extra chord or to play that extra drum fill, if you're a drummer, you know, like, and again, some of the heavy logical reasonists out there. We'll say, yeah, but you know, you have knowledge of your painting, you have your skills of painting, you have your music theory knowledge, so it's not surprising that you can change things up and mix things up. But sometimes there isn't. Sometimes there's something else there. You know, talk to any artist. You know, even thinkers, philosophers, scientists. I mean, there's an element where, yes, you take your knowledge, your intellect, your experiences of learning things. And that does help intuition. It helps decode the intuitive phenomena when it arises because your analysis is kind of, you know, ready to go. But there's some things in life we just can't explain. And this is where I still will say there is a magic, quote unquote, to intuition. 
there is a phenomena to it. There is something strange to it. But we can't deny the logical process of it as well. Because eventually, once we get those intuitive pings, whatever it is, or we have that creative inspiration, again, there is something that, there, there is a building block that has been there before, you know, we can decode the intuitive something. And again, I said I'm not going to get any, I'm not going to get spiritual in this, you know, episode today of any kind, but I think synchronicity will play, it plays a role in this as well. And we will definitely talk about synchronicity at some point in the future. But whenever I have strange coincidences or synchronicities, um, you know, and again, I feel like we all have succumbed (laughs) and experienced this kind of stuff. Sometimes, you know, we, we know that there's like a sign being given to us. You know, there's something trying to be conveyed. You know, and sometimes our intuition knows exactly what that means. Like if we're really struggling with a life choice and something so ridiculously clear comes into your field of experience and for whatever reason, that one sign or synchronicity or moment, or maybe someone utters one sentence to you, or, you know, you see that one thing in nature that just allows you to make a decision because you were just intuitively overwhelmed by something that was so true for you. That's the mystery. That's where I'm trying to figure this out. But yes, the analytical mind has to be able to make the choices on the intuition afterwards. Let's talk about philosophy a little bit. Both Eastern and Western philosophers have studied intuition. In the East, intuition is mostly intertwined with religion and spirituality, and various meanings exist in different religious texts. So in Hinduism, there's various attempts have been made to interpret how the Vedic and other esoteric texts regard intuition. You know, intuition, according to some over there, comes from the realm of knowledge by identity. Um, you know, I once heard a sage describe the human psychological plane often referred as something called mana in Sanskrit as having two natures, the first being its role in interpreting the external world, parsing sensory information, and the second being its role in generating consciousness. Knowledge by identity.
knowledge by knowledge. Oh my God. Can I talk knowledge by identity, which currently only explains self-awareness may extend beyond the mind and explain intuitive knowledge. So like the result of evolution, the mind has accustomed itself to using certain physiological functions as its means of entering into relations with the material world. So when people seek to know about the external world, they default to arriving at truths via their senses. So again, there's like a very subjective and personal you know, aspect to our self-awareness. And that somehow when we contemplate the nature of mind and how that even works and, you know, bringing in consciousness, the mystery of consciousness into this, you know, this, this phenomena of intuition can be a part of that as well. You know, how there is such, you know, and yeah, consciousness can play a huge role in, you know, in, in pretty much the story of the nature of reality to begin with. But yeah, intuition can be can be something very cosmic and divine, you know. Like I discussed a little bit in the beginning of the episode, you know, there's a very spiritual component to how many would interpret what intuition is or having intuitive knowledge. Uh, let's continue on. So there was this guy named Siri Aurobindino, which is interesting. Sounds like an Italian, <laughs> even though um, it's probably not. But he says the intuitive knowledge was common to older humans, Vedic, and later was superseded by reason, which currently organizes our perception, thoughts, and actions, and which result, resulted in, trans, in a transition from Vedic thought to metaphysical philosophy and later to experimental science. He finds that this process, which seems to be decent, is actually a circle of progress as a lower faculty is being pushed to take up as much from a higher way of working. He says that when self-awareness in the mind is applied to oneself and to the outer other self, this results in luminous self-manifesting identity. And the reason also converts itself into the form of the self-luminous intuitional knowledge. And then Osho, I don't know if you guys know who Osho was, kind of some mainstream guru that became super popular in America. Um, so he believed human consciousness is in a hierarchy from basic animal instincts to intelligence and intuitions and humans being constantly living in that conscious state, often moving between these states depending on their affinity. He suggests that living in the state of intuition is one of the ultimate aims of humanity. And then in Advaita Vedanta, which is a very non-dual school of thought, takes intuition to be an experience through which one can come in contact with an experienced Brahman. Now, in Buddhism, Buddhism finds intuition to be a faculty in the mind of immediate knowledge. Buddhism puts the term intuition beyond the mental process of conscious thinking, as conscious thought cannot 
necessarily access subconscious information or render such information into a communicatable form. Or communicable, sorry, said that wrong. In Zen Buddhism, various techniques have been developed to help develop one's intuitive capability, such as koans, the resolving of which leads to states of minor enlightenment. In parts of Zen Buddhism, intuition is deemed a mental state between the universal mind and one's individual discriminating mind. And as many of you who may know me, Zazen is my meditation practice. So Zen Buddhism and Buddhism in general is kind of like the closest spiritual tradition practices that I partake in because it's very, you know, there, there's a, uh, it takes my philosophical and psychological obsession <laughs> and it brings it to a place where it makes me question all of reality. So Zen Buddhism has done that for me. So for me, when I think about intuition, I also think about it from this lens, just like this statement says, that I do believe there's this source consciousness, so to speak, and somehow all of experience of human intellect is kind of stored in like an iCloud, you know? We can call this cloud like the never-ending evolution of the source. You know, not a man in the sky god, tribal god, nothing like that. But just this universal mind that's also one with our minds and how we can access things from this universal mind, you know, more clearly through our own experience. So based upon our subjective journey in life, of course, our intuitions will be more suited to be understood from that. But still, there, there is this phenomena of intuition that's separate from the mind even though it eventually merges with the mind and becomes one with the mind. But it's a phenomena in itself that does, you know, still have a place of evolution. But to the Buddhist and the Zen Buddhist, this evolution is really just an evolution of one's own mind. So everything intuitively brought to someone who would take on the Zen Buddhist philosophy, it's really only helping their own spiritual evolution of karma. Because the individual mind is so discriminating and within a realm of duality, of othering, of judgment, of criticism, of the world, others, and oneself. <clears throat> where intuition is a mental state that is just truth, pure knowing. Now, in Western philosophy, I'll talk a little bit on, uh, in the West, intuition does not appear to be a separate field of study, but the topic features predominantly in the works of many philosophers, so we all know that. An uh, ancient philosophy, early mentions and definitions of intuition, intuition can be traced back to Plato. In his Republic, he tries to define intuition as a fundamental capacity of human reason to comprehend the true nature of reality. He describes intuition as a pre-existing knowledge residing in the soul of eternity, 
and as a phenomenon by which one becomes conscious of pre-existing knowledge. He provides an example of mathematical truths and and you know and how they are not arrived by reason. So apparently he had ways of proving that by in, in mathematical ways that they are not arrived by reason. He argues that these truths are accessing using are accessed using a knowledge already present in a dormant form and accessible to our intuitive capacity. This concept by Plato is also sometimes referred to anamnesis. The study was later continued by his intellectual successors, the Neoplatonists. So the soul of eternity in comparison to Zen Buddhism, you know, the universal mind, kind of similar. So there's this phenomena of pre-existing knowledge. And again, I would say like the science and hard problem of consciousness also may play a major role in this understanding. You know, this, this kind of psychic ability we all have, whether you call it instinct or whether you call it intuition, even though, like we said before, instinct, you know, to many people is different than intuition because instinct is just, you know, we, we have prior knowledge. It's almost like having, you know, it's a little bit of like anxiety. Like instinct is based, like is a form of anxiety. You know, it's a form of being in certain situations before, but also having intellectual knowledge of these things and then being put in a, a, a situation that's happening now and then knowing what to do and how to act accordingly. <clears throat> Where intuition is something a little bit more mysterious. It's a very sharp hit, a ping. And knowledge is revealed. And then, yes, your analytical, intellectual mind kicks online. And then you either can disregard the intuition or make it, you know, a truth for you. Yeah, and you know, in um, other early modern philosophy, you know, going back to um, you know Plato's days, you know, there's a lot of other philosophers who refer to intuition as a pre-existing knowledge gained through rational reasoning or discovering truth through contemplation. Um, you know, so many other philosophers that talk like this, where reason is still playing a big role for them. <clears throat> so, you know, that states like whatever I clearly and distinctively perceive to be true is true. That's commonly referred to as rational intuition. It's a component of potential logical mistake um, called the Cartesian circle. Intuition and deduction. And intuition and deduction are the unique, unique possible sources of knowledge of the human intellect. Um, uh, 
And deduction is kind of a connected sequence of intuitions, each which is a self-evident, clear, and distinct area before it is connected with the other ideas within logical demonstration. So pretty much this rational in in intuition thing here, this is sort of, I feel like, this is a statement, you know, and this comes, you know, this, for I, when I took notes, this comes sort of from the Meditations on First Philosophy, the book called Meditations on First Philosophy. And to me, this rational intuition thing is more of the, like when it says whatever I clearly distinctively perceive to be true is true. This is after the fact. This is more about analysis, which is why they call it rational intuition. But again, this is just like another realm of philosophy and people philosophizing of what is intuition and, you know, and then of course being obsessed with logic and reason, you know, as all philosophy should be. But you know, when it comes to this rational intuition, it's like connected with other ideas within a logical, you know, step-by-step. -step. So in my opinion, these philosophers and some of these people, um, you know, we're not really even investigating intuition, the phenomena. They're just investigating, oh, well, yeah, we have these, we have this ability of intuition, but it's only because of our intellect and our, you know, subjective um, perception of our own experience that we can deem something to be true for ourselves. But is that really intuition or is that just, you know, again, logical step-by-step, -step, you know, self-evident, clear, distinct. Now, Hume, another philosopher, as a more ambiguous interpretation of intuition, Hume claims intuition is a recognition of relationships, relation of time, place, and causation. He states that the resemblance, recognition of relations will strike the eye, which would not require further examination, but goes on to state, or rather in mind, attributing intuition to power of the mind, contradicting the theory of, the theory of empiricism. So this is true, you know, intuition is a recognition of relationships between time, place, and causation, yes. But again, what is being intuitive is, yes, we have a resemblance, as this just stated. There's a resemblance of what we're being intuited, but where does that resemblance come from? It comes from one prior experience of our journey in life based upon things we already know. So if we see something, it'll remind us of, of something and then we can, you know, give a truth to that. But sometimes we'll resemble something even though we've never come in contact with it before. Just like some of you have read a book, maybe that you've never heard of a certain philosophy. You know, and all of a sudden everything makes sense. Or you meet that one person that you just know you need to 
spend time with. But again, everything I feel I'm saying here today, you can take the more mystical road of phenomena and stuff, or you can take the logical road, which I think we both should do. They're very important. Now, Immanuel Kant, another philosopher, very well known, most of you probably know who that is, his notion of intuition differs considerably from the Cartesian notion. It consists of the basic sensory information provided by the cognitive faculty of sensibility, equivalent to what might be loosely called perception. Kant held that our mind casts all of our external situations in the form of space and all of our internal intuitions, memory, thought in the form of time. Totally agree with that. Totally agree with that. And this also brings in some idealism. I'm kind of feeling like, you know, because the mind casts all our inter external intuitions in the form of space, you know, we can say in idealism and some other forms of phenomenology that, uh, you know, everything is in the mind. And that includes our entire human history. based on experiences, memory, thoughts, of course, which is what forms time. So again, everything is in mind. I'm not disagreeing with the nature of mind and all that stuff. But what I'm saying is that when it comes to intuition, yes, it's part of perception, but it is, what per it, it is the sense of perception that allows intuition to even have a place. So I wouldn't call perception intuition. Perception is just the part of our experience that knows something that allows our thinking mind to kind of seal it into our hard drives. But intuition is something so much more abstract, in my opinion. But again, it's important that the intellect and the mind plays a major role. The perception part of this is very, very Huge. It's very huge. Now, my last little section here of my notes is more on contemporary philosophy. So before, you know, I was talking about people that have been around over 100 years ago. <laughs> but today, you know, intuitions are customarily appealed to independently or any particular theory of how intuitions provide evidence for claims. There are divergent accounts of what sort of mental state intuitions are, ranging from mere spontaneous judgment to a special presentation of a necessary truth. Philosophers such as George Beeler have tried to defend appeals to intuition against Quinian doubts about conceptual analysis. A different challenge to appeals of intuition to intuition, excuse me, comes from experimental philosophers who argue that appeals to intuition must be informed by the methods of social science. So again, um, 
contemporary philosophy there this is no one wants to talk about anything mystical mysterious no one wants to discuss anything that's not rational or not logical you you don't really have a lot of modern philosophers these days willing to explore in that way just like they used to do back in the old day because science has taken over and really you know has overtaken any mystical and you know religious kind of uh philosophizing and all that kind of stuff and um you know but i i personally believe eventually and there's a lot of physicists and stuff that are still very uh you know daring to go out and explore mysterious things about the nature of reality about the nature of our experience but generally speaking in contemporary philosophy you know people are very rational these days so i'm not surprised to see and hear some of this stuff um when they're strictly taking a a a, a mental state you know they're they're taking a very clinical approach to something that still is very abstract and i find that to be very irresponsible because we've all experienced signs synchronicities intuitions and we've all hopped from lily pad to lily pad in our life to you know whether you're chasing a career path or growing a relationship you know there's moments where intuition overrides intellect and reason but intuition always leads to intellect and reason because our human mind has no choice but to do so. But still, there's an abstract nature to intuition, and I would even argue instinct. But we can also see the evolutionary process as a human and the evolutionary process of, a, of a, the human intellect and mind, how all of this, yes, still operates within the laws of our human um, discoveries, you know, in psychology and all the rest. But I think we all must take a step back when we discuss topics such as intuition. And we even go back in time a little bit and see what people of the past were discussing. We look to the Zen Buddhists and talk about meditation and you know, when you really dive into meditation, this is where, you know, you can really start questioning reality to begin with, but the nature of intuition and how it arises and where these intuitive hits come from. And we all ha experience intuition differently. You know, we all experience it differently. And some of us are more intuitive than others. And again, I feel like there's an empathetic sensitive nature to the individual that can heighten intuition versus not all right guys well that's all i have for you today i do hope that you enjoyed this episode please consider subscribing to the youtube channel if you're listening on youtube Join the Patreon if you would like to support the podcast. Also gain access, early access. For example, to this episode, this was already released on Patreon for a number of days. And also bonus episodes that will never be released on YouTube or the streaming services if you're listening to this on Apple or Spotify. And if you are listening to this on Apple and Spotify, leave a good review, you know, because apparently that really helps new podcast shows. Um, you know, helps the algorithm. 
And uh, yeah, but you know, just really appreciate you listening, you know, as always. So until next time, everybody. Talk to you soon.